make it one of our goals to train our kids to pray more. So we've been on this journey of trying to teach them how to pray effectively. And I have a six, a four, and a two-year-old. And they're all very different in how they pray. My little son, Ephraim, he's two. When he prays, it's like you have to put your patience head on. Right? Anyone know what I mean? Like he's, we're at the table and he's the first one like, I pray, I pray, I pray. Like, oh no. So he starts to pray and he actually prays every single word that he knows. So he'll start, he'll say, I pray mommy and daddy and Lily and Kaylin and Andy and Stacy. He even prays for you guys. And he goes on and on and then he starts going, I pray Elmo and I pray potty and poop. Amen! And he's like, he, every, every word, he just pops it out there. So he blesses his poop. It's weird. Uh, but he's, he's very spiritual like that. And then my, my daughter, Kaylin, is our free spirit in the family. And she, but she always starts her prayers the same way. And she says something like this. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day. And for this day, we pray we have a good time together. We be healthy and we sleep well. And then she goes on and prays for her sporadic things that comes to her mind. I pray for Sitota, which is her friend from Ethiopia that she sponsors through compassion. And she prays that she'll sleep well at night and that she'll be healthy. And she goes on and on and on as well. Now, my daughter, Lily, is very different. She just prays whatever the last person got done praying. She's not very original. Um, so if she goes after Kaylin, she'll start the same exact way. Jesus, thank you for this day. And for this day, I, th- I pray we have a good time together. And then she repeats everything that someone just said. And I'm like, Lily, you can think of your own prayers. <laughs> but they're all very different, right? And every one of us prays a little bit different. And, but the reality is this. That the way we pray and what we pray for shows us something and reveals something about who we are, about what we believe about God. What you believe about God is revealed, in a sense, through your prayers. In fact, in this whole series, we've been talking about boldness. And boldness is simply this. You can write this down in your notes. It's behavior born out of belief. Boldness is behavior born out of belief. So what you pray for reflects what you believe about God. What you pray for reflects what you believe about God. So if you pray selfish prayers, that means that you maybe think that God exists for you. If you pray small prayers, maybe it's, it's your, a belief that God is a small God in your mind or in your heart. Or maybe if you rarely pray, that shows that you either don't believe that God cares about your prayers or about your life. Or maybe you believe that God uh, doesn't, is not really interested in answering prayers. And then there are some people that say, well, now all I can do is pray. So prayer as a last resort. I do everything on my own strength. But then when I can't do anything anymore, I go to church and I pray and I ask God to come uh, intervene in my situation. You see, our prayers reveal a lot about us. So I have a little exercise for us on your notes. If you can open your program, get your pen out. There's a question there. I want you to answer, uh, and it says this. Write down what you prayed for last week. So take a couple seconds there. Write down what comes to mind when you think, well, the last seven days, some of the things that I I prayed. Maybe you prayed for somebody or, or for a meal or you prayed with somebody or for your kids, whatever it is. Write down a few things that come to mind that you prayed in the last seven days. Take a few seconds to do that. And then I want to present you with a question. And in fact, this is one of the questions I would say that has most changed my prayer life this year. I heard it months ago and I wrote it on the whiteboard of my office to remind me of this. And it changes your perspective on prayer. The question is this. If God answered every one of your prayers this week, how different would this world be today? 
Think about it. If God answered every one of your prayers this week, how different would the world be today? See, the reality is that some things, or at least for most of us, would just be better for us. Right? Maybe our food would have been blessed. Maybe that zit would have disappeared from our face. Maybe we would have passed a test. Maybe that boyfriend that broke up with you would come back to be with you. Maybe you've gotten, you would have gotten a green light to work. But most of our prayers in our culture are so self-centered that if God actually answered all of them, not much would change in this world, aside from little things in our lives. Maybe there, we've got, we would have gotten a raise. But you see, this is the thing. If we want to make a big impact in our world, we have to start praying bold prayers. And that's what today is about. If we want our lives to count, if we are saying to God, God, use our lives for something bigger than ourselves, and our, our prayers need to reflect that reality. What if God wants to do more than just bless our meal? What if he wants to do more in your life than just give you a green light to work? What if God is waiting for you and I to say, God, do something big and bold in my life. Change my workplace. Change my family. Rescue people through my life. What if God is waiting for people to say, I'm here. Do something big so that at the end of the day, whatever gets done is beyond our abilities. In fact, if you open to Acts chapter 4, that's where we've been studying so far. Acts chapter 4, if you don't have a Bible, it's okay. It'll be in the screens behind me. Part of it is in your notes today. Let me give you some context to the passage we're going to study today. What's happening here is that this is in the early, early days of the church, right? So Jesus had lived on the earth for 33 years. The, the religious leaders of the day took him to the cross, crucified him. Three days later, we believe that he was raised from the dead and he was alive. In fact, he appeared to hundreds of believers during those days. And in one of those appearances, he was meeting with several of his believers. And he says, I want you to go and wait in Jerusalem for the promise that I gave you. The promise that my spirit would come down to live in you. You see, before this point, the spirit of God would come upon people, but never to live inside of people. And the hope that Jesus gave to his followers is that he was going to leave. He was going to ascend to heaven. He won't be with them anymore. But when he ascends, his promise is that his spirit would come and he would live inside of his followers, empowering them to, to continue what he started on the earth. But see, his followers were scared. They were, they, Jesus had left now. He ascended into heaven. He was not there anymore. They were waiting in Jerusalem day after day after day after day. And nothing was happening yet. And they were waiting. They were meeting together for prayer. And one evening as they were waiting, they were in this place called the upper room. And the Holy Spirit literally descended on them. And, and what looked like flames of fire descended on their heads. And the Holy Spirit filled their lives to the point where everything began to change. In fact, they left that room and they were speaking in languages they never learned, proclaiming the message of God. They were speaking with boldness. They were speaking, they were, they were praying for people and miracles started to happen. They were walking around and they see people and even their shadows would heal people at times. And, and God began to do miraculous things through each one of them. In fact, those that were timid became courageous. Those that were, didn't know how to speak in front of people started speaking boldly. And many people started turning to Jesus. In fact, one of these people was an, a, a man that was lame for 40 years. We talked about him last week. That Peter and John, two of the followers of Jesus, were walking down the street. They saw this man and he wanted to be healed. They prayed for him. And he was healed 
Well, the religious leaders of the day didn't like that. They, they felt like it was, it was kind of uh, shunning their authority. They, were, they, they weren't sure how this was going to fit into their agenda. So they tried to arrest Peter and John and kill them. But they couldn't do it because everyone had seen this guy had been literally healed after 40 years of being lame. And so the religious leaders didn't know what else to do, these political religious leaders. And they just freed Peter and John and said, just don't speak in the name of Jesus anymore. Gave him a warning. And then we pick it up in verse 23, Acts chapter 4, and it says this. As soon as they were freed, Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, listen to this, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. Let's just pause there for a minute. In fact, if you have a pen, circle that word together on your notes. There's something powerful that happens when believers gather together. In fact, there's something powerful that happens when we unite our prayers. And these early believers, just like in the upper room several days before this, the Holy Spirit came down. At this time, they, they united their minds and their hearts in prayer. There's something powerful about you uniting with others together that are, are in like mind to you and I. In fact, that's why we encourage people to, to sign up for a life group. Life groups are such a big deal here at South Bay. Because of this, we believe that life is better together. And then when we can partner together and live and pray together for one another, no matter where we are in the spiritual journey, you might be a seeker or a new believer walking with Jesus, but part of moving forward in the journey with God is us learning how to unite our minds in that journey and pray together. And then it says this. This is what they prayed. They started by saying, All sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything, in them let's just pause there for a second again in fact if you still have your pen underline or circle that word sovereign and creator why do you think they were doing this like why is it that they start their prayer saying god you are sovereign you are creator not only of heaven but of earth and the sea and then everything in all those places it's not that god needed to be reminded of how great he is it's not that God wants us to, to just remind him on a daily basis that he is the creator because he forgets. It's more for our sake, isn't it? In fact, I was doing a premarital counseling appointment with a couple a, couple, a few weeks ago. And, and the girl, we were doing this active listening exercise. And the girl turned to her uh, fiancé and said, I just wish that you would acknowledge the things that I do for you more. And maybe you've, you've heard this before from your spouse. I wish that you would thank me more for the things that I do for you. And, and he turns to her. He says, well, I'm thankful. And then she says, yes, but I want to hear you. What? Say it. Right? Amen. The wife say amen. Come on, husbands. I want to hear you say it. There's something about saying it. When you say it, you feel it. You, you, you become even more thankful. And that's part of the experience is they, they're proclaiming the greatness of God before they start even giving God their requests. Part of the reason our prayers and our lives are so small at times is because we never pause to acknowledge the things that God has done in our lives. We never pause to say, God, you are the creator. You are the one that gave me my family. You are the one that gave me my health. You are the one that put all things in order. You are the one. We get so busy in life that we never stop to look at the sky and say, God, could it be that you, the God that created all this, wants to live in me? 
part of us becoming bold and praying big prayers is us acknowledging what God has done in our lives. In fact, if you were here last week, you saw one of the most beautiful things. 30 people got baptized last week here at South Bay. Wasn't that awesome? I have a, a picture on the screen I want to show you. Can we put that up? These are the six of the people that got baptized last week. And I, I, after, afterwards, I was thinking, how beautiful is this? So there's a young little girl that got baptized and proclaimed her faith in Jesus. Then there was a, an older uh, Chinese man right there that I'm hugging on the top middle. And then there was an Indian dude, Aru, uh, that got baptized. And then we had all, I mean, all kinds of people. And then there were small people. And then there's a humongous guy named Scott. There he is. Wow, that guy is strong. The thing that I was thinking about on my way home is, in fact, after you see all these lives get changed, in fact, and you hear their stories and you know where they come from and you know how God had drastically changed them from people that were addicted, the people that were broken, people that were lost, to people that are saved and restored and completely renewed by the power of God. Something in me just wanted to praise God. And you were there, we were clapping together. When we acknowledge and we see the work of God, our prayers begin to expand. In fact, on my way home after last Sunday, I, I started to pray big again. I said, God, will you do even bigger things in our lives? It reminds you of the power of God. What most of you don't know is what Scott looked like before he got baptized. Can we put a picture of that? There he is. I mean, it's weird. So if you haven't gotten baptized yet, I highly recommend it. And then the passage goes on, and it says this. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them, you spoke long ago by your Holy Spirit through our ancestor David, your servant, saying, why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and the Messiah. This was a prophecy of the Old Testament. Then they say the fulfillment. In fact, this has happened here in this very city for Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel. All were united against Jesus, your holy servant, whom you anointed. But everything they did was determined beforehand according to your will. Let me just pause there for a minute again. What they're doing is they're acknowledging the fact that there was a, a prophecy that God had already told them before. That opposition would come against the Messiah, the sent one of God, and the Messiah's followers. So they weren't saying, like, they, in fact, this is what happens to most of us. When bad things come our way, when opposition comes our way, we kind of lose faith. We're like, God, where are you? But instead for them, when things went bad for them, what they did is they turned their faith to another level. They turned up their prayers. They, they acknowledged God again. And part of the reason is this. You see, opposition and trying situations can either fuel our faith or kill it depending on what we believe. In fact, there is this mentality and this theology in our Western culture that says that, that bad things happen to bad people and good things should happen to good people. And that if you, if you decide to follow Jesus, that things will go really well for you and you're going to be happy all the time and all your troubles will disappear. But that was not the reality for these early believers they were seeing miracles and, and the power of God in their lives, but it was not because God was preventing all the bad things from happening to their lives. In fact, most of them went to jail, got their heads chopped off. They were persecuted left and right. But in the midst of opposition, they remembered the words of Jesus. In this world, you will have troubles. And if we really believe that, 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 this is not, uh, that coming to follow Jesus is not an escape from trouble, then it fuels our faith, that it fuels our prayers, 
they acknowledged what Jesus had already taught them, and they let that be part of building up their response in a faith-filled way. They didn't just say, God, you, you're probably not here because they, they killed your son. They didn't say, uh, you, you don't love me because we are now being persecuted left and right. Listen to what their response was when troubles came around. It says this, And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. They didn't say, God, hear their threats and and make sure they don't kill us. They said, hear their threats, but give us great boldness so we can face those threats and still proclaim the message you've given us. Sometimes when we hear that word preacher word, we feel like it's like a message for preachers or pastors. But the word preach just means declare or proclaim. It's a calling that all of us have. That's what we are put on this earth is to continue the mission that Jesus started to proclaim his message of love. That's why we promote the things like Art and Wine Festival where we serve our city. We don't just do it for nothing. We believe that God has called us to represent him on the earth by serving, by declaring his message to those around us. Have you ever prayed for boldness? Think about it. Have you ever said, God, give me boldness? The reason most of us don't is because boldness is an other-centered prayer. It's not really about us, is it? You don't pray for boldness for your own sake. You pray for boldness for the sake of something else that you want to be bold about. That maybe you don't have courage to be bold on your own, but you need God to step in and give you a boldness and a courage beyond yourself. Let me tell you what happens when you pray for something like this. If you pray for patience, do you think God just kind of like zaps it in you and then all of a sudden you're patient? Or does God give you opportunities to exercise patience on a daily basis? If you pray for humility, do you think you wake up in the morning you're like, I am so humble today? Or does God put you in humbling situations so that humility is developed inside of you? And when you pray for boldness, what do you think happens? Do you just wake up and you're bold all of a sudden or there's something else that starts to happen in your life? In fact, one of my prayers in the last few weeks as we began this journey of talking about bold is I started praying that God would give me a heart like his. And I almost on a daily basis, I've been waking up. And in fact, after I came back from Ethiopia, God really challenged my heart. And I realized how desensitized I had become. And I said, God, give me a heart like yours. Help me to see people the way you see them. Shortly after that, I went to my sister's house. And she was telling me about a neighbor of hers, a little girl that's eight years old, who uh, kind of lives in all different homes there. Her parents don't really care about her, and she's constantly going from neighbor to neighbor to neighbor that she doesn't even know, and she knocks on their door. Hey, can I come in? Can I eat with you? And then she's constantly in my sister's house, and they have to literally tell her to go home at night. Aren't your parents worried? Ah, they don't care. And then one time they went to talk to her dad and, and told him what was happening, that this girl was, that just goes to random people's houses and looking for attention, and he didn't care. In fact, they've seen them yell at their little girl, eight years old. And in my mind, I'm thinking, if nothing changes, this little girl someday is going to give herself to men after men after men, looking for the attention she never got from her parents. And then a few days later, I was in my office meeting with one of our key leaders. In fact, it was a volunteer staff member at South Bay. And I, I was hearing her story, and she was sharing with me that she grew up in a home where her dad didn't really show her any worth In fact, he 
treated her like she was completely worthless and was not capable of much in life to the point where when her boyfriend went to ask her dad if he could marry his daughter, he turned to the, to the boyfriend and said, why would you want to marry a girl like that? And those words just have been ringing in her mind year after year after year. And then a couple days after that, I was in my daughter's school volunteering in her class. And I go there in the mornings for 30 minutes a day. And then on Fridays, I'm there a couple hours and just to kind of get to know the kids and serve with the teacher. And then one of these mornings, I was doing the homework folder and sitting with a small circle of, of kids. And one of the school um, staff came in the, the room and she saw me. And she said, are you like a, 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 par- a parent or a, a teacher in training or something like that? And I said, no, I'm, I'm just a parent volunteer. And then she said just don't say just she said not only are you, is it rare for a parent to volunteer but you are probably the only fatherly figure that most of these kids will have in their lives all week and then i i start she walked away after that and i couldn't i, I started thinking about that and i started looking at all these little kids faces around my daughter and and realizing that that is the reality that that's the reason why they, they like cling to me and they, they want to hear me say good job because they don't get it at home. And I literally got in my car after that and I was coming to work and I had to pull over on the side of the street because I was weeping. And I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking, how can it be that this is the reality? And as I was weeping, I felt the whisper of God in my heart saying, you asked me. You asked me to show you how I feel. And then all these scenarios started popping in my mind and I'm realizing this is how God feels toward humanity. That there is these people that are worth so much to him, yet they don't know that he is their father, that he wants to adopt them. And, and when we start praying for these things, God will start giving us opportunities and, and situations that will mold our hearts. And it's the same way with boldness. Could it be that God wants to make us bold and give us opportunities? Maybe they're already in front of us, but he's waiting us for, for us to step into them. So that he can change something in us. It doesn't mean that we're going to go to the corner of the street and, sit and, and stand on a stool and start preaching that the people are going to hell. That's not the boldness he's referring to. It's the boldness to show love when it matters. To, to, to serve. The boldness to, to stick to what you believe in in the midst of opposition. The boldness to love at deeper levels. The boldness to take hold of opportunities to share our faith. Men, for you it might be the, the boldness to, to take hold of the opportunity to talk to your boss next time and tell him, I will not work that Saturday because I need to keep my promises to my kids. To some of the women in here, it might be the, the boldness to say, you know what, I'm going to start that initiative or that job that God laid in my heart to start. Or maybe it's the opposite. It's to say, I, I'm going to quit my job so I can invest in my kids in my home. What is it that God is stirring in your heart? For some of us, it might be to take the opportunity, for example, of the, the Dave Ramsey simulcast that will be here in a few weeks and invite all of your coworkers, buy them tickets and say, come to this leadership conference hosted at South Bay. Like, what is it for you? What's the opportunity? When we start to ask, God will give us a chance to respond and he molds boldness inside of us. It might mean sharing your faith on your college campus or, or giving generously to a cause you believe in. But let's not be a half-hearted, lukewarm church. Let's be a courageous, bold, praying type of people that believe God for big things. 
and respond by asking, God, give me boldness to do what I know you've told me you want to accomplish on this earth. And then listen to their second prayer. First one was give me boldness. The second one is pray for miracles. It says, stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through your holy servant, Jesus. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs be done through your holy servant, Jesus. See, most of our prayers are, are go something like this. God, be with me today or be with, you know, Lily today or, or, just, or bless me today or provide for me today. But what if we started asking God to perform miracles? Could it be that part of the reason that these early believers were seeing so many miracles is simply because they began to pray for them? Could it be that the reason we don't see as many of those miracles in many families and and Christians in our culture is because we simply don't have enough guts to say, God, give me boldness and perform miracles through my life. Praying for miracles is asking God to go beyond our natural abilities. It's going big. It's saying, God, give me something so big that when you do it, people will know it was not me. That it was you only. In fact, that's the story of South Bay, isn't it? That a bunch of people that don't know what they're doing, is seeing, God is using each one of us to do something bigger than us. We love living in that place where, where people look, is how, could that, how did that happen? God made it happen. What if people started saying that about our lives? How could that have happened to your son and your daughter and your spouse and your workplace and and your environments that you live in? Well, only God could have done that. Don't hesitate to ask Some people don't ask for miracles because they're scared to embarrass God. What if God doesn't answer? Well, let God worry about that one. I think he's big enough. In fact, our faith should be big enough to handle a no or a not yet. Don't hesitate to ask for the big stuff. Don't hesitate to say, God, use me for something big. Heal this person. Save this person. Rescue this person. What if we move from small thinking, faithless, selfish prayers to praying bold prayers that are burning in the heart of God? Imagine the miracles that could happen in our workplaces, in our families. What if God wanted to use us to solve some of the big crises of injustice in the world? And poverty in the world. What if God began to use us and give us courage and boldness to share our faith with our neighbors and co-workers at a level and a, and a miraculous race so that people would c- come to know him and be transformed by his power? What if God wanted to use us to create and use technology that, that would greatly impact his kingdom on the earth? What if God wants to do miracles in your family? And the reason he hasn't stepped in yet, your situation, is because we haven't yet said, God, make me bold and perform miracles through my life. Imagine what could happen. As the band comes up, I want to read to you this last verse in this, play, in this uh, text here. It says this, After this prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the word of God with boldness. If you have your pen, still circle that Uh, Holy Spirit word. You see, the the key here is not that they got boldness out of their own strengths or that miracles happened because it was just accidental miracles. It was that they were filled with the Spirit of God. And some people in here, you might be sitting here and you're thinking, before I ask for boldness and miracles, I just need to give my life to Jesus. 
and you haven't taken that step yet, and I want to ask you to do something bold today. In fact, if you can close your eyes with me, and in your heart, you know who you are. You've been in this place where you have not relinquished control 100% to Jesus. And you hear this message that Jesus came and he lived the perfect life and he became the righteousness that we could not attain for ourselves. He gave us the right to be close to his Father, to our God, by simply believing and confessing in him. His sacrifice was on our behalf so that we would have the ability to have his spirit live in us because of the cleansing that comes by being forgiven. Maybe you've heard it before. Maybe this is the first time. But I want to ask you to do something bold in this place in light of this message in this series. If this is you, if you have not relinquished full control of your life and you're ready to say, God, I want to have your presence, your spirit living in me and I want to relinquish full control of my life to you for the first time and I want to give you my life, Jesus. I want to ask you to stand to your feet. And I want to pray for you. If that's you, if you are feeling that stirring, stand to your feet. We see you. Is there anybody else who's saying, I, I need to stand to my feet and say, I am giving my life to Jesus today. I am confessing that he is my master. I need the Holy Spirit to live in me and make me bold. I see you. Is there anybody else that needs to say that? with boldness in your heart we see you God we thank you for the souls that are taking a bold step towards you just say in your heart Jesus I believe in you I need you I relinquish full control of my life to you fill me Holy Spirit help me cleanse my life of sin Make me bold. Can we all give a hand together for what God is doing? God, we thank you that you are faithful. We thank you that you're a God who loves us, who was able to rescue us. Thank you for the bold step that these guys and girls took to, to take that step towards you today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Let me just give you another challenge as we close this time.